Alright, welcome everyone back to another episode of the Midgar Minute Podcast. I'm Chris, joined as always by my co-host Nick. Good tidings everybody and welcome back! Alright, yeah, and just real quick before we uh, get into this episode, just want to give a thanks, special thanks to our members of our Mosey Gang, I guess... That's the official name, right? Yeah, I think I think at this at this it, point it, it, it's been embraced, so I think we should roll with it. <laughs> so yes, uh, members of our Mosey Gang, uh, Scott, Kyle, AJ, and Danny, thank you guys so much for uh, supporting the show. And uh, if anyone is interested in joining the Mosey Gang, uh, there's usually a link in our I think in our Spotify the episode uh, descriptions epi- yeah. episode descriptions, and there if you look hard enough. <laughs> We're gonna make you. We'll make you do the work if you want to. No, just uh, yeah. If if if, uh, if you feel ever so uh, generous enough to support the show, that's uh, I think it's Anchor, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The you'll find it. The, the link's you'll, in the episode description. It, yeah, yeah just, if you, you know, care enough, it's yeah. There. Dig a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you again to those guys uh, and also everyone who uh, engages on our social medias, uh, which is at the dot midgard dot minute on instagram and that's pretty much it and then you can find our personal ones through that as well um so yeah uh we're gonna be talking about chapter 11 today which yeah, uh, baby something we were kind of considering lumping these two chapters in 10 and 11 together and because of the this one definitely has a little bit more girth to it so it was something that we didn't want to necessarily you know limit limit our you know uh time with but uh on i i like this chapter a lot personally um it starts out with one of my favorite lines in the entire game uh from reno uh when you know because it opens up with uh well cloud and and the squad are coming out of the sewers and then you pan up and you see a helicopter flying towards sector seven and it's reno and rude and you know, they're kind of, you can kind of tell they're a little like restless a little bit. And I forgot exactly what starts the conversation, but Reno, uh, I, I, or Rude, I think says like, uh, you know, or, shit, hold on. I think, I think Reno goes, uh, you know, I don't know what we're doing here, you know, or like, I don't know what these guys are, what Shinra's thinking about, you know, cause obviously they're going on their way to fuck up the pillar and Rude's like, oh, you know, this is just what we always do. And then uh, Reno says, oh, I guess it's a little late to grow a conscience, huh? Yes. And, and honestly, very kind of like he's like, oh, all right. That you know? this that scene right there that this is one of those moments where I'm like, OK, love what they're doing here, because mm-hmm. at least like for me, like in Advent Children, I feel like like Reno and Rude were just turned into Timon and Pumbaa. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they, they were just there. Comic relief. The goons. You know? Absolutely. And, like, here in this scene, we're just establishing, like, these guys are human, and they're conflicted. And, like, yep. every, everyone's fucking conflicted in this story, and I'm glad that the Turks are no exception. Absolutely. To, just, to, just to put it mildly. I like the idea that it's, like, they're, they're guys who, they're, they're in a little too deep, but they have powerful positions in Shinra, mm-hmm. so they're just gonna look the other way. When it comes to these atrocities they're performing, kind of the idea of, well, if we weren't here to help drop the plate, it would just be two other schmucks. I mean, that is literally, I think that is the justification that uh, Sung gives to them later on in the game where it's like, because Reno and Rude obviously are the, the Turks that are a little bit more human i guess you know or have a little bit more yes, of a, of a conscious a licker baby sung licks those boots man straight up straight <laughs> up and you know and it's something that i think it's interesting you know when we get to those later chapters uh we should definitely go into it a little bit more there but the fact that they still like even you know even in the terms of the game when you get to that point i think it's only the next day like the day after yeah uh the, the plate drops but you know that they're still like thinking about it and they're like eh, i don't know i don't think that was the right thing to do yeah they were just in it for the pension man they weren't here for the murder yeah like you know if they want you know they you know they're they're probably just used to styling on people all the time you know like or they you know just helicopter just helicoptering Aerith the whole time yeah you know or, you know they're they basically at least were, were led to believe that they were basically just kind of glorified bodyguards up until this moment where cloud is now introduced into the system and you know takes now on we that have role. some problems <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, so then you kind of don't, you only see them one other time, Reno and Rude, you only see them one other time in this chapter uh, when they get to the pillar. But uh, yeah, then we kind of, then we, that happens and then we literally just cut right back to Tifa, Aerith, and Cloud and they're, they're in the train graveyard. And uh, I like, I, I don't know why, and it's funny because I, in the moment of me playing it, I was like, all right, I want to just get to the pillar. Like, fuck this, all the shit. I just want to go to the pillar, right? But upon reflection of this chapter, I really like a lot of things about it. Like, from the music to, like, just the, the overall look of the area. And Can we start with the aesthetics? Because that's, that's one thing I really want to talk about. It's something we absolutely. don't... You know, we always like to touch on this game's aesthetics or how it looks visually. I think this is one of those chapters where the game looked so beautiful. Just that overcast of blue with the mm-hmm. ominence and like the, it was a little smoky, like the fog. I think fog is yeah. a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. Very foggy. It's like there was, I love it when a game can create an atmosphere. When you're not just like oh, yeah. in a place. Like it's like, oh, you're you're in the train you're, graveyard. You're in it's here like, now. Yeah. Yeah. It. it it's its own atmosphere. It had its own its own ambience, and again, just like that, yeah. the blue lighting, and I guess mm-hmm. maybe because it's blue light coming out of all our screens, but just something about the blue lighting is just so visually pleasing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wonder. That's actually an interesting theory. I wonder if that has anything, since we're used to looking at blue light, sort of, uh, you know, through all, all of our screens and stuff if that has any sort of idea cuz blue is definitely at least to me is a very soothing kind of color i know i think i think scientifically like in color theory and obviously i'm no fucking scientist so <laughs> take this with a grain of salt but apparently what you're saying is 100% true apparently that mm. blue is the easiest color to look at look at and that's why none of the stoplights are blue no stop signs are blue because it's just a comfortable look whereas right. red kind of jumps out at you yeah it's very you know? striking and kind of and you know and it's funny cuz I feel like any color can be striking in its own way. You know, obviously not like, you know, now that we have, you know, all these F variations of colors and you can get really <laughs> granular with things, you know, it definitely, it, it it's interesting to create, you know, you know, colors now have such a, you know, it's not, we're not just dealing with like the primary colors, right? In games where like, oh, we can get a very specific type of blue. We can get a very specific type yeah. of red, very specific, you know, and can sort of pinpoint that sort of emotion or whatever that feeling a little bit more precisely now, you know, than we Mm -hmm. ever could before. And on top of all these things, like the music in this, this throughout this entire stage is pretty much, it just goes in. It's, it's another one of the points in this game where I feel like everything just kind of synergizes. Yes. Creates like this great way of putting it. Yeah. This perfect atmospheric, like, you know, the, the music's very kind of like dreamlike and kind of, very whimsical and even like the battle the battle theme is kind of even though it to me honestly kind of reminded me of kingdom hearts a little bit um you know Def- definitely like those the strings and the kind of the drums and stuff like that was very had that same kind of feel to me um but yeah even then just like that exploration music that is going on well i think it's so- a I was just going to say, I think it's a good example that it reminds you that like there are different types of music, right? Like right. that's not a song you're going to listen to in your car as you're driving to work. And if you do, I'm not judging you. It's, you know, <laughs> I, like... I, I might, honestly. <laughs> but, but I honestly, I probably would listen to it at night, more likely. Maybe if you're like just walking around your apartment just to like set a mood, create an ambience. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. like you're going to. And again, like, I'm not rocking out to. <laughs> Exactly, because it's not a it's not a complex composition. It's it's no, rather it's simple. Very simple. But it, it, yeah, it, it's just a reminder that like music has so many uses. Where like the battle music is there to kind of like ignite you and amplify you. Mm-hmm. Th- this is something that kind of just how, how do I put it? it? It spreads the atmosphere like butter. Right. You know, it's it's like you said, it's just, it's there to synergize with its surroundings. It's like, if you put that song on, if you're walking around your apartment at night, it's going to give your like entire home a feel. Yeah. And they have like that little, like, oh, it's, you know, got that same air of like, oh, it's very like whimsical, but there's also kind of like something a little bit off, you know? And that's something that you can pick up just from listening to that. And, you know, obviously aside from the characters being like, hey, there's, 
people saying crazy stories about this place, about your soul being <laughs> taken from I you. Love, and- I love the cloud. And this is one of the things I love. Like, cloud just immediately writes that off. Like, eh. Like I have oh, seen so all? much worse. Yeah, he's like, I've seen so much worse. Let's just fucking move on with these fairy tales. Yeah, and Tifa's like, yeah, it's not like I believe it, but you know, yeah, all the worth, kids worth, talk about it a lot. And, it's worth you know. mentioning. And Aerith is over there being like, ooh, ooh, oh, ooh, I don't know. And actually, it's funny because this is really, I mean, unless I, I'm remembering wrong, I feel like this is kind of the first chapter where we start noticing that Aerith is maybe a little bit more. There's, there's a little bit more to her, you know, because she, I mean, she doesn't really care about the ghosts. She's actually, she kind of like goes out of her way to be nice to them and, or try to communicate with them, you know, and it's kind of like, we don't really see that side of her up until this point where it's like, yeah. oh, she, she, you know, cause she theoretically has been talking to ghosts like her whole life, you know? So exactly. it's not really, it's not a big deal for her to be like, oh, there's actually these, you know, you know, I, I'm assuming that there's actually the ghosts of dead children maybe something's going on Missing here right children and i or... think and i, I want kind of want to bring this up for a little bit more broadly and it's something to consider about the story as a whole is like all right so let's just think about the ghosts and the whispers side by side for a second here mm-hmm. so the game is obviously taking its ethereal realm very seriously like the yes. ethereal realm is in play here and one thing that was a stab one thing it's this chapter established that you just brought up is Aerith is comfortable with this sort of ethereal realm Mm -hmm. you know like the ghosts don't necessarily frighten her like there's a point I think where Cloud's even like hey they're dangerous and she's like I know Mm -hmm. but but still but still mm -hmm. you know so I think you know, we, we could get into this later. There's there's a scene much later at the end of the chapter that's that's big that I'm sure you can picture mm-hmm. um, where we could talk about a little bit more. But let's just keep that in mind moving forward. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, then, I mean, it's really as far as like gameplay goes, it's a pretty it's a pretty straightforward, linear kind of section. You know, you're yeah, going to some train fucking cars. ghosts and demons. Yeah, it's like and then I like kind of the little like. You know, you're fighting like regular monsters and stuff, and then you get in, you meet the ghosts, and there's obviously there's this one ghost that is kind of different from the other ones, where he's not attacking you right away, you know, and kind of is like, yeah, ah, maybe I don't want to fight you. Um, and I like the sort of it kind of ramps up a little bit until you get into like that main like warehouse uh, building, yeah, where yeah. it's like you see, the first thing you notice is uh, the the boxes that you're breaking to get items and stuff. Oh, they have little handprints on them now. That's weird. <laughs> and then it's like you go a little bit, you keep going, and then, you, oh, they start doing the the neon graffiti stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then, you you know, you're going to the the train cars and the, the intercom thing is, you know, talking on its own. And, you know, all these, like, little, like, you know, they're the, goal, the ghosts are just trying to troll you, basically. And I, yep. I like those little kind of, like, setup moments. And then you get to... Um, you get to that big building and they have that, they make that giant mural. And then this is, I love this entire scene of, um, they're like, uh, you know, like clouds, a little kind of pensive being like, ah, ghosts really aren't my thing. And Aerith is kind of like, ah, whatever. We're cool. You know? And, and T- uh, Tifa's trying to be, you know, she's like, ah, no, that's no problem. Uh, and you're talking about when they get to the, and, the those, uh, like, I don't want to say double doors. I, I just want to make sure I'm in the right. Yes. Uh, yes. Part yes. There. Yes. When, when they're at the double when, doors yeah. and they, gra- they grab his arms. Yes. Okay. Cause and, it's something I want to bring up just very quickly. I want to sure. encourage our listeners to do this. So go to this scene, you know, the scene where Aerith and Tifa both grab onto cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Aerith says like, Oh, it's not a problem. We have a bodyguard mine. Mm-hmm. And then she grabs him. Pause. I want all of you to pause on Tifa's face. They cut to her face for a second. I encourage all of you to pause. Because like Tifa and Aerith, they get along really well. But if you pause at this moment, Tifa has this face. It's it's even like a pouty. It's a step further. Maybe I'm Mm. projecting it. But there's just this look of like. Bitch, I'll rip your face off. Mm, <laughs> yeah, just for no, a I split mean, second. No, there's definitely. I, I was gonna bring that up, definitely, but that that is for sure. I feel like they wouldn't have included cutting back to her for that split second after she said that, 
if that yeah. wasn't at least partially what it was about, right? Because then that's when she's like, oh, you know, because Aerith grabs his arm and then she, then she sees that and he's like, oh, I'll grab his arm too and be like, mm-hmm. oh, no, you know, shouldn't we get going? <laughs> and then uh, uh, what does what Cloud say? He's like, oh, you want to let go of me then? And yeah, then... So we- and then it fucking it zooms out and then the camera pans around to behind them and you could stand there for as long as you want. But I and I love the little detail of like as you start to move forward, there's like a little bit of resistance from them trying to hold you back. <laughs> and then you like, you know, you shake your arms off of them and they're like, oh, like I love those little details that this game has where it's like they didn't need to do that at all, you know, and they did it. And it's just like so like inconsequential but it kind of says a lot about how these characters are you know well and i like it because don't get me wrong and like i think actually you know dan uh dan was talking to us on instagram in the comment section about this is like they obviously went a step further to make tifa and Aerith get along oh yeah but even though this is very brief i find it incredibly necessary because it's like these these characters aren't going to be human they're not going to compete for the same guy even though Aerith isn't like quite competing, but you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. The listeners understand what I mean here. But it's like, they this isn't real unless there's some element of jealousy at play. Of course, yeah, because you know. You know so, so I just it, want to commend them for not making it as simple as like, oh, they're just going to get along in this version. Right, I like that yeah. it's nuanced. It's like they get along, but there's still this like just small mm-hmm. seed of jealousy lingering. And we've brought this yeah. up in previous chapters. It mostly comes from Tifa, obviously, because Aerith yeah. has nothing to lose. Yeah, um, she, she has no horses in this race. Exactly. But I, I, I think it's very appropriate and it's not without meaning. So I no, it's, just it's very human. It. It's yeah, it's very it's a very human type of thing even though now that i'm thinking about it i feel like this is the last time we see anything like that in this game well, yeah because i two. think their problems get way more severe once yeah that the, plate drops <laughs> yeah i guess i guess so yeah when things like uh you know because now stakes, we got real problems we really yeah, don't have any real problems no right yeah now. we're still we're still we're still have we still have the lingering funness of wall market in our in our system you know things are like you know we're just starting it's starting to slow down a little bit we were like, dressed right. as a woman two hours ago you know yeah, what I mean? it's like you know we already forgot about the sewers like that didn't even happen technically <laughs> you know it's one of those things like i you know i know that they had to have the sewers in here but i kind of wish it would i mean it's already a short chapter but i feel like they could have cut it maybe a little bit a little bit shorter even just to get to more of this chapter but, yeah, um, I would have liked to see them, like, speed up the last chapter in favor of this chapter a little more. Because I would have, like, like we did a fair amount of exploring, and I think this is one of those chapters where, like, every cut scene has, has like, a good amount of depth to it. At least in the mm-hmm. questions that you can ask, or the mysteries that are introduced. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the last chapter, which was like, alright, let's get through this. Nothing and new yep. is really going to develop. Really, just Tifa and Aerith are going to have a gal pal moment, and then we're going to fight some lizards and move on. <laughs> Yeah, and that's pretty much yeah. That was it was very more straightforward and this definitely this chapter definitely likes to you know, sort of take a minute not only to breathe but to kind of like all right, well this is going to be the last like kind of moment of calm that we're going to have before shit hits the fan. Yeah. So let's, you know, and then you know, I've heard some people kind of uh, you know, not really liking the fact that this chapter kind of drags itself a little bit you know, with the whole ghost subplot and stuff. And I'm like, initially I kind of felt that way. But like I said, upon like revisiting this chapter, I kind of was like, you know what? I kind of got a newfound appreciation for it of like, yeah, this, there's a lot of good stuff in this chapter. Yeah. That I think think gets overlooked. And I think people, I think because everyone, everyone who knows what's coming wants to just get to that part, you know, because they want to know, oh, how are they going to handle this? Right. And, uh, you know, so it's kind of one of those things like, all right, come on, let's go. Yeah. Ghosts, who cares? Blah, 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 blah. You know, but, you know, and, uh, you know, as far as like the, you know, I think they maybe could have made this chapter a little bit shorter as well. Like there's definitely some parts where they kind of, they could have trimmed out or at least, you know, trimmed it down a little bit. But I still think that um, it was definitely worthy. It was like a worthwhile chapter to have. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, it wasn't like filler. You know, I've heard people describe the chapter as filler, much like kind of like how the last chapter was almost. See, kind of I like kind filler. of, I kind of agree, like kind of what you're getting at. I kind of agreed with them on my first playthrough, but I think, I think there's a lot of mystery caked into this chapter that we're gonna see more of 
mm-hmm. down the road. I, I really do. And we can get into that, but I can't really get into that until we get to the um, the sort of boss battle we have in the control room. The goo. Because that's when, that's when some of these mysteries that I think are actually going to be more significant in the future start to almost reveal themselves. And like, I feel like we can get to that point. They, I, I feel like we could skip to that. Um, I feel like in between the doors and that boss battle. Yeah, there's really we, not a lot. We bump into that first ghost that we see as a kid. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's but, when you first kind of see them as something other than their, like, uh, <laughs> their sackcloth. Yeah, <laughs> uh, burlap burlap sack form, uh, which I, I like that little kind of touch of like. I thought it was a know. nice design. I thought I thought it made them creepy, and I thought, in a way, and again, and I don't think this is what I'm getting at when I say it'll come to fruition in the future. This is just something mm. else that I kind of entertain. In a way, they they almost kind of mirror the way the the whispers would move. Like just kind of, and you know what? I was I was just thinking about this right now. Is that it? Kind of reminds me of what a kid would think a ghost would look like if they were going to come. Like if a kid in this universe was going to wear a like ghost costume for Halloween. I don't even know if they have a Halloween type holiday mm-hmm. in this world, but you know, just for instance, I feel like it's kind of um a little bit. It's interesting to think that oh, maybe you know, maybe this is just what the kids think a ghost looks like. Yeah, or something like that, because, I mean, we do eventually find later on that these could very well be actual real spirits of kids that got lost in this train graveyard. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, they're definitely, um, you know, and it's weird because I feel like this ghoul, well, the ghoul thing is a it's when they all kind of come together, right? When all the bad ghosts come together and they form this big ghost thing that was You're talking about the control room fight, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which that boss, that boss fight was kind of annoying. Now that I'm thinking about it, it was it's, it wasn't my favorite boss. Let's just put it that way. I actually yeah. think that boss fight is the low point of the chapter. Yeah. I like the other boss fight that comes after this. That one's a awesome. lot more. We'll, we'll get into that, but I guess we can get to once you beat that boss in the control room, Aerith has this line of, Oh, all this time you were just waiting for someone to come play with you. Mm. Now, again, I don't want to get into that yet because that would mean we skip to the end here. So mm. just we're going to let's just keep that line in mind. Like, mm. I don't want to go Moving into forward. it now because I think we kind of see that coming to fruition at the end. So because right. I think there's something. How do I put it? Where the last chapter I felt like really focused on Tifa and what's going on in her head. Mm. I think this chapter focuses on Aerith and what's going on in her head. Mostly. Yeah. Like, obviously, all the characters have their own thing going on, but I feel like this one is actually very Aerith-focused. It, yeah, it's very... Yeah, absolutely. And it's more, you know, focusing on her... Not her only just her own personal stuff, but, like, you know, her wanting to talk to these ghosts and kind of, like, you know, showing this side of her that... I mean, maybe Cloud had kind of seen a little bit of before, but, like, not to this extent. Yeah, you know? and just this comfort with the ethereal mm-hmm. that, that you know, is not typical for a normal person. Like, right. if I walk into that train graveyard, man, look, I'm going to be real. I'm pissing myself, okay? <laughs> but, but, you know, if those fucking little ghost potato sack bags start flying around me and they're yeah, laughing, I, but they have crying faces, yeah, I'm going to, like, punch little... myself in the face. Like, wake up! Wake up, man! <laughs> just like, be like, nope, it's not real. Fuck, yeah, no, it's I, real. <laughs> I definitely probably would have a similar, uh, similar reaction. But uh, I, I think, um, uh, what was shit? I was gonna say something. I told. I totally, let me see if I totally let me see if I can help. Okay, control room boss fight. Waiting for someone to come and play with you. Aerith focus chapter. Uh, Ghosts yes. are fucking creepy. Yes. Um. Yeah, so I, I was just going to continue on, and because uh, the next thing that happens after this is, um, I, I don't know if we, do we see that ghost, like, like form of uh, Marlene? Because uh, there, there is a cutscene that happens in this yes, chapter. Yes, th- th- this is, yeah. Um, that, that is like a weird, and I think, I want to, I don't know if she, if, does Tifa see the ghost and then the cutscene happens, or if, does she? Does that cutscene happen and then she sees the ghost? I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't know the order, but I know that, and this is a very They're peculiar detail correlated. for me. Yeah, and this is a peculiar detail for me because 
when we first see that child ghost, like, uh, like you know, curled up and crying, it's not Marlene. The, I yeah. think the, the ghost girl has, like, blonde hair. It's only mm-hmm. when, like, Tifa looks further, she almost kind of projects Marlene yes, and onto I think the image. The, yeah, the ghosts are sort of, they pick someone that she knew. And it was honestly, it kind of threw me off when I first saw it, because I'm like, does, are you? did Marlene die? <laughs> like, like, you know, and then it, it cuts, it, I think, yeah, I think you do see the ghost first and then it cuts back to a flashback where Tifa and Marlene are at the bar and she's telling the story of like, Oh, Hey, you know, kids are going there, you know, they don't come back. So don't you go in there, Tifa and like being fucking adorable as hell. Um, yeah. And, and saying all these things. And then she starts, uh, I think she starts talking about Betty or something. And like one of her friends I- and, well, uh, she talks she... about Betty doing something with her dad, and then, yeah. like after she says the word "dad," she freezes. Yeah, she kind of, and then you kind of see that, you know, she has like this light in her face when she's talking about that. As soon as, and then as soon as she brings up Betty's dad, yeah, it's her, the light kind of leaves her face and is like, like, where's when's Daddy gonna come home? And I think and... what's going on there is like the overall theme of this chapter is loneliness and bluntly not having someone to play with. Yeah, you know, and like Marlene, and everyone's feeling that from Marlene to Tifa to Aerith to fuck it, probably even Cloud. Yeah, to like the the smallest extent, probably Cloud, because he, I don't think this, I feel like he's, this is another chapter, kind of like how he took the backseat in last chapter. I feel like he kind of takes a backseat in this chapter as well. 100%. 100%. And that, and that's totally fine, because like I said, or we said last time, even, it's like, I want these, I want them to flesh out these characters more. Because like Cloud, honestly, as much as, as cool as he is, he's like the character I care the least about, (laughs) because he's, he's, he's pro tag boy, and, you know, Obviously, like there's cool stuff that happens with his story later on, but in terms of like, I just want to see all these other characters get more get their love. time. Yeah, I want yeah, them no. to get more love and 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 all this attention and all this stuff. So uh, I don't mind that all that. Well, much. I think that's I think that's one of the reasons why I find myself really enjoying these chapters. You know, mm-hmm. even though like they are a little bit filler, it's not filler without intent you know yeah, these it's, chapters it's, were intended to flesh out tifa and Aerith a step further right they're they're not without purpose you know they didn't just like oh fuck we got to pad the game out let's put these two random chapters and you know what i mean it's it's exactly. definitely like there were parts i mean the train graveyard in the original i remember was like two screens yeah i feel like and, both these chapters were originally like five minutes in total in the original oh yeah absolutely and it's something you know is it now this is a good example of you know, they're using, they're trying to, they're, you know, them only doing this small section of the entire game really kind of, this is the, these are the better parts of that. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, that's why I'm glad that they're going at this way and they're doing it sort of piece by piece so we can get more fine detail in these smaller, in smaller sections like this. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. What comes after this is um, we make our way kind of out of the creepy section. Yeah, the the cutscene that I think that you wanted to talk about earlier is, is the uh, next not, one. Not not yet, not yet. But maybe. Oh, I, I, no, actually, no, you, I, you're right. I'd no, actually, it, yeah. All I was gonna say, we find out we we basically hear over the radio on the trains that we hear Reno and Rude's conversation that they're gonna drop the plate, and now we know yeah, for sure it's coming. They're down. talking. Yeah, they're talking with Sung and they're they're at the they're at the pillar in the helicopter and they're just they're getting shot at by the uh resistance uh of, well, of the sector small seven. detail small detail i want to champion here small because mm. I, I this is so good for world building i like that stopping the pillar wasn't just an avalanche thing i nope. like that the local boys picked up their fucking arms mm-hmm. and they're defending their home and there's just something cool about that i yeah, like that it's like I think it feels like we're in the same fight as them it's like i almost feel like you're part of something you know yeah and, and that the rest of the avalanche. journey that the rest of the journey right it's like is in sector seven's interest you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's like their lives won't be in vain if we can follow through right yeah there's something like you there's an actual tangible thing you know and i think that's probably why they gave gave us characters like marl and uh betty yeah, Betty and fleshed and out other, Johnny the, more. The shot of the shopkeeper guys, you know, like even though they don't have like, I don't remember if they have names, but they're definitely like, 
you know, you have that when you're doing the, the filter things with Tifa and you have that running with the item shop guy, it's like, you know, when you see that he makes it out, you're like, oh, cool. Like you made it mm-hmm. like that kind of thing, you know, or even the guy, the weapon shop guy that bitches you out the first time, you know, it's like <laughs> one of those things like, oh, like, oh, you know, you have like you, a sense of like community. And Weimer, Weimer, Weimer is a personal favorite. Weimer. Yeah. I was trying to think of that guy's name, but <laughs> yeah, like a Weimer. Um, yeah, I, I, it's something I'm it's so great that they were able to do that. Well, I feel connected to Sector 7 now, right? It's like yeah. they're, they're, it gives you, you feel like you're fighting for something. Yeah, they're not just, you know, n- faceless, nameless, you know, NPCs in the background. And, and another thing real quick, just in that in that same cutscene, because um, uh, they're talking the song over the, the radio, and, you know, they're saying, oh, yeah, we're getting, you know, small arms fire from the local boys, whatever, and uh, Sung comes back with, well, the more... Uh, the more players that take the stage, the better. And then, and then seemingly another act of like sort of defiance, Reno's like, Oh, so this is all this, that this is what that is. Then this is what we're doing. It's all, yeah. it's all, it's all a stage play, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, you know, kind of, kind of also giving you another example of like how disconnected Sung is from what he's doing, you know? Yep. And it's like, I guess he's not, well, he does end up being there in, in person later on, but you know, it kind of gives that same of like, oh, he just sees well, it as like, oh, these are just more more players on the stage instead of people's lives. You know what I and, mean? And this is one another detail I like, and it just shows Aerith, we can trust her as a judge of character because she's made a point to say to us like, hey, Rude's really not a bad guy. Reno's really not like she makes a mm-hmm. point to single those two out. But yeah. you don't hear her say that about Sung. No. No, she never says anything nice about him. No. I mean, she doesn't really say anything negative about him either, necessarily, but she definitely doesn't, yeah, go out of her way to be like, hey. Uh, yeah, as opposed to, guys, like, rude, where she was like... They're just doing Nuck. what they're told, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think I think that's a nice touch. And it's like, maybe from a gameplay standpoint, these chapters feel like filler, but it's like, from a character development standpoint, I think oh, they're yeah. quite essential. Yeah, from a narrative standpoint, yeah, and the character development and everything, yeah, they're absolutely, um, they're, it's, it, again, like I said, it's just any, any extra things, because, you know, obviously too much of anything can be a bad thing, but I feel like the way that we, and we've said it before many times, is that the, the level of care that is put into this game, these are the moments when you feel it. I mean, obviously you feel it most, you know, in certain, you know, high profile sections like we're about to come on to. Um, in the next chapter, but you know, it's the little things too, at least for me that, me, no, me too. Cause the little really things make signify. those high profile things so much better. Right. Absolutely. And it's like, they're, you know, I feel like there's, there are things obviously that get, you know, as time goes on, people might think about these little moments less and less, but I think they're in the overall experience of playing this specific game. I feel like they are very important. And cause I feel like every, since this game is kind of so tight and there's there everything just feels like everything feels like it has a purpose right it doesn't feel like there are throwaway lines or throwaway absolutely anything, really. you know what i mean especially so it's like, especially with dialogue like mm-hmm. nothing throwaway mm-hmm. and i gotta be honest for square enix that's not common yeah. at least at least with their english localization team like yeah. having a game with like few if any throwaway lines that's an achievement for square uh, i'll tell you that mm-hmm. much his heart is inside my heart. <laughs> we That's knew that. You said that you said that an hour ago. <laughs> Thanks for reminding us. We know the Thanks. story's confusing. You have to remind us, but yes. we knew that. Is, is he evil? I don't know. <laughs> but apparently, don't know. but apparently, like, um, and I guess I'm just speaking from a third note standpoint. Apparently, mm. like the Japanese versions don't really have these dialogue issues. Um I yeah. guess because it's just the pros. Like I know like for most people, I guess I've just watched enough anime and played enough of these games that it doesn't bother me. But I know mm. for a lot of people, like those those like head nods with a sigh are like really off putting. Oh yeah, the 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 grunts and the little like you know, exhalate you know, the releases the releasing of air that people yes. do a lot, you know, the uh, 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 you know, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I totally that is something that like if you don't watch anime or or, or a lot of Japanese media uh, I guess it's more really of an app uh, anime thing. I feel like yeah, there are people that could definitely get thrown off. <laughs> yeah, with, without question, sure. without question. Um, but then 
Correct me if I'm wrong, but then I think that scene I wanted to bring up is upon us. I know there's, there, you know, we're moving trains around and, you know, we're making things happen. Yeah, little things, but we're not, I don't think, the the gameplay aspects, I feel like at this point, unless something really interesting and new comes up, we're not really going to be, you know, talking about necessarily. I think we're, we're more breaking, with these chapter breakdowns, at least I think that we're just trying to more break down the narrative, whatever narrative meat yeah. <laughs> so speaking of us. narrative meat, before I lose myself, I don't know if maybe because I'm going to be honest with you, I'm probably going to rant and go a little crazy. Mm. Um, but I don't know if you want to maybe give See, your now, thoughts first. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about this because last <laughs> I remember in the last chapter or the last episode that we did, I was thinking like, eh, did we miss anything? And I missed, and I put it in the the post that we made on Instagram about uh, that line from Heidegger about, uh, oh, the, the the stench of the director's cowardice fills the room. Yet yeah, again. we forgot. We forgot and that I'm like, whole Dude, That's scene. one of my favorite lines in the entire game, and I totally forgot about it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm trying to think. Um, now, do you want what you, you want my opinions on the cutscene that's coming up? Yeah, because I know I know I'm gonna ramble, so I, <laughs> I kind of um, want to give give you some time here. Okay, yeah, really. I mean, just just off the bat, really, um, I was <laughs> I was a little confused by it at first well, when it first should, happened. Maybe we should be a little clear about what scene. Okay, exactly. yes, when uh, when Aerith gets separated from cloud and well we see Elagor show up and then he does a weird like tornado thing and everyone kind of gets separated and then Aerith is by herself and she is seeing all these the ghosts the ghost children or whatever they're playing hide and seek and I don't know if these children are meant to be like the ghost or like reflections of Aerith's past because they say they're playing hide and seek and they say oh where's Aerith and then you know, they're in like this kind of weird ethereal form. And then we see child Aerith sitting, you know, sitting there counting, you know, and then she's like, oh, come find me. I'm ready, you know, or, or you know, what, whatever exactly she says. And then she's, yeah, getting more and more upset about no one. She's like, hey, I'm here. I'm I'm, I'm here. Someone come find me, please. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then uh, I it, it and I was actually rewatching the scene the other day and it kind of it. Oh. I feel like it choked me up a little bit when I first saw it, but it's. I feel like it still chokes me up. Well, it's because here's the now. thing: is like it's. This is one of those moments where Aerith kind of breaks her persona a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing gets Aerith down. Like yeah. nothing. Like even when she gets captured later in the story, like nothing gets Aerith down. But like these visions broke her. Yeah, this is definitely this is like the most vulnerable that we see her, mm-hmm. in terms of the story thus far. And, you know, even though it's, like, represented as her as a child, and it does cut back to her in her, you know, present-day uh, form. But just, like, that, that I feel like that kind of, you know, that fear of being lost or, like, being forgotten, kind of, especially as a kid, I don't know about you, but I there I feel like that's one of, that's a big fear for a kid, is to, like, oh, yeah. you know, you know, imagine, like, I'm sure you've had a, a rational fear at some point of, like, oh, my parents are going to leave me at the grocery store or you know something you know yeah, as, as a child for sure yeah getting sure. put you know or you know all my friends are going to forget about that i'm hiding over here and whatever and you know it's definitely i feel like a little bit of a more relatable thing um mm-hmm. and it's something that you know definitely affected me a little bit just when you know just in that moment um but yeah um I don't know how far. I mean, because I could, we could go all the way up to the Elagor fight if you want. But I don't. I, don't, right. I want. I want to give let, you. Let, let me your, punch in here. If you so, want to go off on here. So from the the control room fight, she said, "All this time, you were waiting for someone to come and play with you, mm-hmm. right? Now, right. is that not exactly kind of what's happening to Aerith when she has these like loneliness visions? Is like she's uh, playing hide and seek, yeah. but like no one's finding her, mm-hmm. and you know those." feelings of loneliness kind of creep in and overwhelm her. And just to give a little context, it's like what we know about Aerith is like, think about it. Like not only was she cut off from her parents as a child, but she was cut off from her whole race. Like, like society. (laughs) Yeah. She's the last lab. She's literally exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like she's the last of her kind grew up in a lab. Mom's gone. Dad's gone. And like, even when we meet her with Elmira and stuff, if you notice, like, (coughs) excuse me, like Aerith is friendly with people in the neighborhood, but like she doesn't really have 
a friend. Yeah, you know, she we don't have friends. We right? don't actually get introduced like, oh, this is this is my friend Joanne. Like there's there's none of that. There's there's really yeah. no like friend or companionship that Aerith has. So in a way, it's like I think her and the ghost had that in common, that mm. they were both kind of waiting for someone to come and play with them. And that's kind of what Cloud and Tifa represent, and that's why they sort of break that vision. And they come mm. in like, "Hey, we found you." Yeah, that, you know, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little on the nose when, yeah, Tifa comes up is like, "Hey, we found you," and but yeah. I do, I do like Aerith's response of like, "Yeah, I guess you did," and she kind of has that like, you know, sullen look on her face. Yes, and I'm like I'm like, oh, you guys. And now here's the part that trips me out is when she kind of when she sees Elagor, right, mm. and she says, "Oh." You were the one who was, and then kind of cuts herself off for a second there. Yeah, and it's um, kind of like you're the one who is responsible for all these kids being here. Yeah, so know, I just want to bring. Spirits. I want to bring this up. So I looked into Elagor on the Final Fantasy wiki. Okay. So just for context, here's the enemy intel: a ghastly fiend that haunts the train graveyard and feeds on human fear to grow stronger. It is a manifestation of the memories and sorrows that linger in the train graveyard. So huh. th- this it, it preyed on Aerith's loneliness. So it's and almost that's what it showed. It showed her the, or like a, a moment where she was fearful to, uh, to feed off of it, I guess, to, to for the upcoming fight that was about to happen. Now, I want to bring up something that was only huh. just released a week ago in, a, in an interview. It's called. Uh, special interview digging deep into the world of Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. This interview was on August 14th, so this is fairly new, and I find some of this wording peculiar, okay? Mm. So, and the peculiar part comes at the end, so check it. Elagor is a monster in the Final Fantasy VII Remake that resides in the train graveyard, abducting children that wander into its domain to feed on their fear and emotional pain. And we see Elagor do this to Aerith, and we see Elagor do this to Tifa. Tifa. But, you can't, but you know what? For a first, you can't break Cloud. Cloud had no crazy memory flashbacks this chapter. So take <laughs> that up. Um, but moving on, Elagor serves as the boss at the end of Chapter 11, Haunted. During Clear the Way, when it kidnaps Aerith Gainsborough and tortures her with images of her lonely childhood. All right, here we go. Here's where things get a little crazy for, her, for me. Mm. Elagor attacks Aerith, Cloud Strife, and Tifa Lockhart to prevent them from reaching the Sector 7 pillar in time. Okay, so mm-hmm. we're, all, we're all kosher. Here we go. Foreseeing the disturbance in the life stream if it collapses. So Elagor can foresee how the life stream will be disturbed uh. by the plate falling. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> now, yes, you know what I'm saying? So now my head's spinning a little bit. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Foreseeing, All right, so yeah, are they ahead. are they implying that because Elagor to me is just like a monster, right? He's not, you know, a. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe all the monsters or a certain level of monsters in this world maybe have a sort of, you know, other world like they can sense that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not I'm not expecting like the little jobber like wear rats and like, you know, those little guys to know what's going on. Cause I feel like they're more just like vermin kind of like critters and stuff like that. Yes. But I guess maybe something like Elgor, cause Elgor is definitely on a different level, right? Uh, on many different ways, but that's an interesting, cause I never really thought about it that way. I just assumed like, Oh, he's just a good, he's just a, he's just a monster. You know, he's, he's in this area and he's, that's just what he, he just feeds on fear. That's just what he does. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. If the plate falls, it gives him a lot of fear to feed on. So it's like, mm. I'm not necessarily saying Homeboy here is teaming up with Sephiroth and the gang, but it's like he has their, his own... Their goals aligned, yeah. Exactly. And I'm, uh, I don't know. Interesting. I, I, find all, I find all of this pretty peculiar. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty heavy concept to just kind of drop into, <laughs> like casually into a thing. <laughs> like, oh yeah, like this... This totally, you know, this boss monster knows what's going on and is like, eh, you know, yeah, I'll help. I'll help Sephiroth out. And I'm <laughs> like, wondering, eh. I'm wondering because, you know, she when Aerith says, and I could be stretching here, but, you know, for the sake of conversation, let's entertain this. When she says, you're the one who's been and then cuts herself off. Mm-hmm. Look, this game cuts itself off right before they give you important information. That's been mm-hmm. there, especially with Aerith. 
Like, yeah. especially. But she doesn't finish her sentence. Like, she could have easily just said, oh, you're the one who's been feeding on my fear. You're the one who's been projecting these images. Who's been but- stalling us as we've been going through this train graveyard. Exactly. But she kind of, <laughs> she cuts herself off for a second there. And I'm like, do you know more about him than you let mm, on? Is this another uh, example? That is actually more interesting because kind of like how we were saying before is like, I feel like this is the time where we're starting to see Aerith kind of, this is like a, a hint that she might know more than she's yeah. letting on. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. Huh. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> Um, man, that, um, I'm, I'm letting that marinate in my head for a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what to make of it. It's interesting. It's definitely interesting for sure. Uh, yeah, Jesus. I was not, (laughs) I was not expecting that level of, uh, I'm curious. I'm curious. Anyone listening right now? I want to know. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Let us know what that means to you. If that is like more of a. Like, do you think that there are like tiers of the like the monsters in this world are tiered and like they have like the jobber because that's what I'm interpreting it as. Like there are like Elagor and some other like boss uh, creatures in this world have a higher level of intelligence and awareness and, and awareness that, you know, especially I mean, I guess because uh, we don't know where the monsters really come from. Right. They just kind of yeah. are there. Well, so again, we don't this know is what if I'm they're getting part at of with- the live stream. I guess. I guess I, it, I mean it, the live stream this, is vague enough to where it could be. It could yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like I'm saying like there's just this connection mm. with the ethereal where I'm like, hmm, maybe the I guess I don't want to say stream of consciousness, but like excuse me, but maybe maybe there's some whispers connection here. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was that I, I was gonna I was gonna get to that eventually of like are they yeah, are they implying that because think about it. The whole game, what is the Whisper's job? They they stall us. They prevent us from reaching certain places. They keep us from changing fate. It's like mm. they didn't need to interfere here because Elagor you know, was kind of doing it on their behalf. And then you have these ghosts who kind of mirror the Whispers, but don't. It's just, it's just a strange parallel. Mm. It's like we could have taken the ghosts out and put in the Whispers and like it could have worked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like I wonder... It makes you think, like, does Elagor do, do does uh, does he see like what's going on and like how the things are getting fucked with constantly and being like, okay, well, I side with the planet or whatever, and like I well, want to. He he feeds on fear, right? So to All me, right. it's like he's gonna like promote or align with whatever's gonna bring more fear to people. So the plate right. coming down, that's a feast for a guy like him, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's peculiar. Um. I, I, I don't know what else to make of it, so I don't really have anything else to say off the, <laughs> off my dome because like I literally just looked into this maybe a half hour before the podcast. Yeah, that's I, I was, uh, that we we might need to like chew on that for a little bit. Sit on that for a second because like <laughs> I, I was watching and I saw Aerith cut herself off and I was like, wait a second. Every time you don't finish a sentence, it's because you're not revealing information that's too mm. important too soon. So maybe it's a coincidence. Again, this is an English localization. At the end of the day, so it's like it's a game of telephone. Something might yeah, be lost it could, in there. It could, it could be that too, yeah. You know, be. so we always have to keep that open. Um, but it's but, peculiar. Uh, there, there is. I mean, we have, we do have evidence for Aerith. You know, like the back when uh, Cloud first brought up Sephiroth to her, and she kind of had they had she that, dumb. that scene where she's like, "Oh right, yeah, yeah." Oh, oh yeah, I so. heard he died. I, I heard he, the war hero, right? Like, oh, I think he's still alive. Oh. Right. Oh right, exactly. All right, well, let's go. Yeah, like yeah. So <laughs> it's one of those things where I, I wonder if they kind of maybe threw that in there, maybe not intending for I don't know because we I mean we literally just got done saying that everything in this game is deliberate. So it's like uh, I mean who yeah. knows? We, maybe we just we just don't know where all this stuff leads. I guess, and of that's the not. problem. <laughs> no, that that's that's the problem is that there's the stuff that we know that had that starts finishes or starts goes through com, to completion in this game is great and it's all deliberate and we know and it's all the other stuff like this that we don't know where it's going to end up that it makes it a little bit harder but i still think it is deliberate so i there are things that i'm like 
it seems maybe like a throwaway thing, but I feel like the way that this game has been crafted, and I'm assuming that the rest of the parts of this game will be crafted, it's like, I feel like it's... We're yeah, gonna, we're going to look back at this moment and be like, oh, man, how how did we not think that this was what it was, the, the whole story, you know, it was like crux of the whole thing, you know, and that's why I'm sitting here like I think a lot of the mystery and like vagueness from chapter 11 is going to play itself out later. Um, yeah. Don't know when, don't know where, but it just it'll be there. I just have this I have this feeling Um, I'm ready to talk about just the boss battle in general because I think this is one of the best designed boss battles in the game just because yeah. I think he's a really fun opponent. I think there's a lot of different aspects to the boss battle that you have to keep track of. I think it's one of the few boss battles where it doesn't benefit you to favor any fighter. Like there are some boss yeah. battles where favoring one fighter as your leader is the best strategy. I think this is one of those fights where you are constantly cycling between the three. Yeah, it is like a sort of it is like having it's kind of almost like the Hell House fight in a in a sense of like it kind of pushes you a little bit to to be like okay, well, you can't just you can't just whack away with cloud sword or you know, I mean there I think there's a like he has a point where he's literally immune to physical damage. Yep. So it's like, all right, well now you have to use Aerith and you know, then you open them up for physical attacks and you know, yeah, it's like that kind of, and I'll say know. on hard mode where your mad, your MP is limited. This, oh, this boy. was a test this. Cause it's like, you I had to be frugal with your magic. You needed to use chakra. Like there were a lot of, there were a lot of elements to this fight that I thought were really cool. He was one of my favorite bosses to fight. And I, I, mm -hmm. I like that Tifa got the kill. Oh, you know, dude. everybody that, gets that win. fucking that scene of like, you know, she looks up uh, another thing real, real, real quick. Uh, and I, I think we brought it up last uh, last episode. But uh, another little thing that I liked with this uh, this uh, chapter is that you can after a certain point, you can look up and see the battle going on on the pillar. Yeah. And that just has like having that at, like off in the distance as just like, a hey, you know, just just make sure you remember what you're doing guys make sure this is this yep. is where we're going right um yeah at the end of this the the boss fight and you know uh tifa looks up at the at the plate and she's like all right guys we're on our way and then <laughs> she looks down at elegor he's like and you could go to hell and then she fucking runs up and does a dolphin kick to him and oh that's so good it was awesome. that was one of my favorites well i like it it's also fitting because like Who's the most determined to just finish this shit right now? It's, it's Tifa. Tifa. For she sure. is rushing to the plate. So, again, it's another thing where it's like there are no accidents here. Like, it wasn't like, oh, who are we going to let get the kill? And they draw from a hat. They were like, you know, like, yeah, I feel like there was thought of like, hey, if anyone's going to finish this fight, it's got to be Tifa. And I love the small detail. And this is the mm -hmm. very end of the chapter. But once you finish that fight, Tifa just sprints off into the distance yeah, without even like, saying right, a I'm word. Done. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because, you know... I've heard some criticisms of like they didn't like how you know Tifa was freaking out about the plate all throughout the last chapter, right? And then then she seems to like indulge all this ghost bullshit that goes on, you know? And then it's like, all right, well, no, now now that we've finished the bull ghost bullshit, now we can go ahead. And it's like, I mean, yeah, I get it. Kind of messes with the pacing a little bit, and you know, can be a little bit weird to have her be so distraught over the possibility, and then finding out that they are going to drop the plate, and then be like, "All right, well, no, we got to deal with this shit first. You know? Yeah, I, she, I, think, I think there's some validity to that critique, but I do think, I don't know, it didn't feel off to me because, like, we no. didn't know the plate was coming down yet. It was like, "Hey, let's just move forward." And get back. And it was only when she saw the Marlene ghost where she kind of reinvigorated the, okay, we have to move now. Yeah, well, and then, well, she, oh, well, she overheard, you know, them, uh, the, the Turks talking yeah. to each other. And that was, that was her moment. I, I and that was nothing, uh, another thing I was going to bring up that when she realizes what's going to happen and the kind of, they, they're able to get her the look on the character model's face to give like that genuine look of like fear that's going like the things like yeah. you could see the gears turning in her head of like oh my god this means like they're actually going to do it and you know cloud's like oh not if barrett or any and the other seven yeah. have anything to say about it and it's like yeah that's just another 
another really good example of like they're able to do like we're at the point of video game technology now where we can have this character not say anything and can have a facial expression that is telling us everything you yep. know and, and it's not la noir right yeah and that's a, <laughs> and, and that's the second time we saw it this chapter yeah you know it's, mm-hmm. it, it's and it's and we see it we see it plenty of other times in this game as well and uh uh it's yeah i i i'm trying to think of <laughs> trying to think of anything else because we're we're coming up on an hour here so yeah it might be time to wrap up but i think I think we've covered everything, mostly everything. I I like oh, the chapter. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say real quick. Yeah, when when you defeat Elagor, there's like a moment of like all the ghosts or whatever are leaving. Yes, you know, yeah, I'm like, glad you brought this they're, up. They're you know they're twinkling away into the into the sky, <laughs> which is kind of weird considering the thing that you brought up before. It's like, a, so like, are these ghosts actually real? Here's or what I think. They're this, just projections here, of Elagor and like once you I defeat think, him, I you know, think they go away. I think it's projections of our party's fear. That's why Aerith saw like, oh, you want, you just wanted someone to come and play with you. Like mm. maybe that ghost was just a projection of Aerith's childhood fear that Elagor was feeding off of. You know, it's like mm. the Marlene ghost. It's like that wasn't yeah, real. That, that, that was, yeah, and that was Tifa's. That's what she's worrying about. That, she's exactly. She's about, uh, you know, Marlene at the bar, you know, and like she, and Oh, that's even interest more interesting. Now, if we think about if she thought about that cutscene before seeing the ghosts, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. then she would, she would think about that cutscene, and then the, the uh, allegory would be like, Oh, this is what you're afraid of. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Oh. Well, 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 we might have, we might have to, might have to revisit the allegory concept at a later point, but cause that's, now that it, there's more and more things turning in my head, like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, a little more than might concept. meet the eye there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I am trying really hard to think of anything else because I don't want to have that uh, Heidegger regret again. Um, yeah, I, don't think, I, I don't think we missed anything. I, um, I think I think we got pretty much everything. I think so too. I think this was a really good chapter. I will mm-hmm. say, I remember my first playthrough, even though I was loving the game at this point, I remember going through this chapter and actually like just thinking like, so when is this going to pick up? You know what I mean? There was just kind of that mm-hmm. feeling of like, all right, so when is this going to go from like good to great? And I will uh... say the second, the second we heard them over the radio, say the plate was going to drop and then the music picked up. It, oh, by the like, yeah, by the way, and yeah, once you have that discussion with the Turks and you hear it over the radio, the music that plays yes. uh in the back and it has the Turks theme integrated into the song. So good. Dude, dude. Fucking like, we, we have to do, we have to do uh like a soundtrack episode. People listening, if you want us <laughs> to do a soundtrack episode, please let us know. I would yeah, love let to us do know cuz we've already done one, but that was on the pre-release soundtrack. Now yeah, we have that the full was, thing. Yeah, now we have the full thing, and I've listened to it a bajillion times, and we'd yeah, love to it, talk about it some more. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys want to hear a soundtrack, another soundtrack episode, you let us know. Um, in regards to Chapter 11, I will say that, going off what I just said before, once we hear that news and we roll into Chapters 12 and on, to me, this is... Like, Chapter 9 was already awesome. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm with you, oh, yeah. and you could argue Chapter 9 is the best chapter like, of the game. It's like the, it's like the peak, really. Yeah. It's, like the, it's the mid-peak before, exactly. the, before the third act uh, dip that we're about to hit right now. And not, right. I'm not saying that in a negative way, but the in terms of the narrative, things are... I guess that's what I'm trying to get. say. In terms of gameplay, we were already established as great, but I guess I was just waiting. I'm like, all right, so when is that story I know and love really going to pick up? When's the other shoe going to drop? Yeah. And that's what happens. The second we know that plate's going to fall, the story... Hold on, I'm about to sneeze. (laughs) Thank you. But (laughs) once we get that news, the story pretty much hits the gas and doesn't stop. Between chapters 12, 13, 14, and on, we've hit the gas and doesn't stop. And what I love, and this is where I thought the pacing was perfect... Every chapter starts driving that car faster and faster and faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know and so I mean? we're literally speeding off, down literally, the highway. <laughs> speeding down the highway that is not completed all the way. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just going and still holding the pedal to the metal the entire time. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. This is the moment. 
you know, I feel like after this next chapter is really when things start to start Take spiraling. We and, start and, taking and, shape too. Yeah, going going all like everything banging on all cylinders at all times, just go 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 go. And it's like maybe a little bit. It's a little slow in the beginning, like right after uh, the the Sector Seven plate incident. But quickly after that, things start getting a little. You know, be like, all right, well, we got to go do this. We got to do this. We got to kick Shinra's ass now. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, then we we get Barrett back in the party, and we have a more. You know, we have someone there who's like, yeah, fucking, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> you know, instead of, uh, you know, Tifa's uh, wishwashiness and well, kind of yeah. more worldly concerns than Shinra, for sure. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think. I think that's, uh, uh, I think that should be a wrap. We're, we're sitting on an hour. I think it should yeah. be a good time to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, so, um, thank you to everyone who's been listening. If you make it this far into the episodes, like, we really do love you. Yes, um but absolutely. I'm uh another th- another shout out to the Mosey gang. Got to give them another shout out here. Always, always. And uh I am ready to close if you are. Okay. Uh I will I will count us down. Let's do it. All right. 3 2 1 Awesome. <laughs>